1924 when he threw rocks around a canyon down into the modern age he's been a boon companion though many folks have seen him know now none of them have held him or brought a decent hand sample to dr jeffrey meldrum if you're walking through the woods one night and you see a vague footprint Build a mold and cast that bitch Cause it could be a hit But if you've never seen a Sasquatch Just seek and you will find Because Bigfoot is a state of mind Yes, Bigfoot is a state of mind Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hidden Zoo, where every week or so we make fun of an animal that probably does not exist. My name is Don, with me as always is Blake. Hey Don. Hi Blake. We were just talking about the new DuckTales, and I realized we probably just should have been recording that for our get-it-out-of-the-way first ten minutes. <laughs> or we could just talk for half an hour and then talk about what we're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, but du- the new DuckTales is fun. It's building towards a Disney Afternoon Extended Universe for all you people who are roughly 32 to 38 like us. They hooked me with with just the episode description of gritty... Gritty <laughs> reboot of Darkwing Duck that they do. So in universe, Darkwing Duck exists as a TV show that is akin to Adam West Batman mm-hmm. with an actor who played Darkwing Duck on the show. But yet, with a, like Launchpad is in DuckTales, but not in Darkwing Duck, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he's a, co- he's a complete moron. It's wonderful. Like if you watch more episodes, he is so stupid. I love it. So they alter that a little bit, and they're doing a gritty reboot movie of the Darkwing Duck series, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty. It was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. It's uh, it's, it's kind of cool because, like, I don't. I, to be completely honest, I don't give two shits about original Ducktales as an adult. But you know, I watched it as a kid, and so I still remember some stuff. I remember things that showed up, and uh, you know, villains, and I remember Gizmo Duck, and you know, certain bits of canon. And it's kind of neat to see how, oh, 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 they're setting the seeds for this. This is how they're going to introduce this piece of canon, but spin it a little differently. And your your disturbing theory of the, the society of the DuckTales <laughs> it's world. It still almost holds true in the new one. My, my DuckTales theory uh, is, is that... Uh, the, is it Duckburg and whatever country it's in, which I know is supposed to like they, they reference other places in America, but whatever Duckburg uh, and its area is in a post slavery. It's a post slavery world where the ducks were the slave owners and the dogs were the slaves, because if you look at uh, at how the roles play out, all of the rich people are ducks and the socioeconomic stratification of right, Duckburg. Right, right. And uh, you look at the generally the dogs who show up in the original series and even in the new one, they mostly kept this. So not, not completely, but, but still largely. Um, you have dogs in servant uh, and like service industry roles, uh, low on the socioeconomic totem pole, and you have the Beagle Boys who are criminals, right? And so it's like the, the ducks uh, redline the dogs after duck dog slavery was over and they got completely fucking screwed just like black people in america and um, or it's or it's post-colonial yeah it also could be post-colonial oh the other the other piece of evidence for that bizarre theory is uh that the dog butler his the house dog yeah the ha- <laughs> <laughs> fuck what's his last name it's a it's a house, duck name house beagle yeah it, it, his his name it's not a like dog name um codsworth or no uh, Bill. Scrooge. I should know yeah, this. Yeah, what is his name? Because I'm watching the new one and he's in it. Because he has a duck 
a bird, a bird-esque name, right? Duckworth. Ducksworth, right? Duckworth. Be- yeah. it's because his family uh, like, was brought over into slavery and were given the last name of their, of their enslavers. This tracks. This I know tracks, it. Like it. <laughs> it tracks that there's this fucked up, <laughs> this fucked up racist history and racist present to Ducktales that that never gets talked about. I just hope they cross over with with Tailspin because I yeah. love me some Tailspin. That would be pretty cool. They already crossed over with Goof Troop. But see an, an elderly <laughs> Baloo because. This is clearly set in modern times, and Tailspin <laughs> was in the forties, at le- like at the latest. I would at say late thirties. It's more like late thirties. Yeah, it's think, it's, but... it's like uh, it's like in between Hitler's takeover and the beginning of World War II, like that era. Yeah, it, it strikes me yeah. more as like a thirties. Yeah, it's it's like it's an Indiana Jones era, right? Like it's thirty, a, like thirty-five to yeah, forty, an interwar era. Yeah. So that yeah, that would be cool. Ancient ancient Louis. <laughs> well, he'd probably he'd be dead by now from the drinking. And Kit Kit is like he's old as hell too. He's he's also old as hell. Baloo's like a hundred. Yeah. And twenty. <laughs> I guess it's it's not terribly well defined yeah. how old any of these characters are, except for you're either an adult or a child. And he tries to sing the bare necessities and has a heart attack. <laughs> they're still they're still looking looking for uh, escaped air pirates to bring to trial. I can I can still surf with the best of them. <laughs> oh, I'm back, I'm back. <laughs> oh, the 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 country of Zembria has broken up into multiples <laughs> multiple republics now. <laughs> Is run by a uh, a very ruthless but shirtlessly sexy pig. <laughs> that one is is rewatchable. I have a couple of the the seasons of it. I can still watch it. I've got like it. I've got all the DVDs of Gargoyles, and that one, especially at like the first season, is like it's like oh, it's Ninja Turtles, but with gargoyles. Like, it's like a little more serious than that, but it definitely has a silly vibe. It's, it's Ninja Turtles with more rules. Yeah, but uh, it, it's still better than that. But there's a lot of like oh, Lexington. So let's talk about weird shit for a bit. Yeah, I yeah. didn't. I didn't do a cryptid today. I was yeah. reading. It's weird. I didn't. I didn't other, either. Or not exactly uh, a cryptid, but it's still within our, our X Files wheelhouse, though. Yeah, I, I agree. And mine, mine touches on cryptids. Um, you want to start, or would you like me to start? Sure. We're I'll gonna go. do two. We're gonna do two quick ones today. Got the page up. Something I love reading about on on in my Wikipedia rabbit hole journeys are historical ships. Because unlike my other interests of airplanes and tanks and such, that each ship has its own discrete history. Mm-hmm. Some of them which are bafflingly just weird or interesting. For example, the cruiser USS Phoenix that served in the Second World War was later sold to Argentina. Became the the like ab, some, the, the Belgrano, like the Admiral Belgrano, the, the Taco Belgrande, and then. Served with the Argentines until the 1982 Falklands War, and then became the one and only 
combat victim of a nuclear submarine. <laughs> Why? How did it end up there? So, because during the Falklands War, the the Argentine Navy was trying to hassle the British. We're down there trying to, to take back the Falklands. Well, they, they need them for strategic sheep purposes. Yes, they do. There's dozens of sheep there. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Argentina just took them. And then Margaret Thatcher said, we're going to took them back. Yeah, the iron bitch. You do that. <laughs> Whatever. Iron lady. And, yeah. And they did. And they drop kicked those poor Argentinians right out of the Falkland Islands. I did not say that colonialism was over yet. In fact, we're starting a new beginning for this shitty empire. And then, so then the, the former the former American cruiser that had a distinguished World War II combat <laughs> record in the Pacific... Then was sunk by a British nuclear submarine in 1982. That's so weird. So weird stuff like that. And it's like each individual ship has its own discrete history, which I find really interesting. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, because like I can I I can name battleships. You know, oh, the USS Arizona and the USS Indianapolis, and it went down over here, or whatever. And like obviously not like you. I know a few names and maybe where they sunk. But tanks didn't have names. I'm like, I'm sure like the tank crews had names for their tanks. They do, and, and except for very very rare circumstances, they don't have it's their own individual histories. Yeah, it's not it's not the same. It's yeah, it's not the same. Where you learn about the the you know, there's, there's variants. Mm-hmm. There's the operational history of that particular variant. But whereas a ship has its, its own special its its own life and history that's yeah. unique to it. Like, like even a, like if a, there's ten of that ship. Each one has a totally different history. There aren't nearly as many. They're much bigger. You hope they're going to last a lot longer. Yep. Whereas a tank, for all, you know, as, as indestructible as you try to make it, it's still kind of cannon fodder. Yep. The uh, uh, General Belgrano sunk by HMS Conqueror, only shipped to have been sunk <laughs> in combat by a nuclear-powered submarine. So so what's the one you're going to your, – your mysterious X-Files ship? This was – oh, the – let me get back to the – the USS Cyclops, which <laughs> I, I came across, which is famous to fans of the Bermuda Triangle and anyone who had those books growing up mm-hmm. came across this particular ship. So this one, the USS Cyclops, let me bring it up, disappeared in 1918 in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, dun dun dun! Whoa, wait, 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 wait! Hold on, hold we, on! Wait! <laughs> have a sound effect. Hold on! Say Bermuda Triangle. Say it. Say it again. Give me the intro again. The Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Was that an appropriate place for an air horn? <laughs> yeah, that's a good spot. Okay, good. I was thinking. I was expecting Spooky Halloween. That's way funnier. Okay, we'll try. 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 I'll t- let me try something else. Hold on. No, no, okay, give me. Okay, go, go, give me, give me another intro. US, USS Cyclops. Hold on, try again. Oh, no. <laughs> on. Didn't play. Right, one, one more time. USS Cyclops. Hold on. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Yeah, just do it later. So the USS, USS Cyclops. 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 A, pro- a Proteus class collier. Oh! Carried, there we go. <laughs> it carried. It carried coal. Which is what a collier does back, you know, when ships mm-hmm. were stupid <laughs> and just burned coal for their reciprocating steam engines. So they just had but a dude do with a shovel. Yeah, you just shovel coal into it. Old timey. 
which is dumb and old timey. Yeah. But now we've said we've we've brought this up before that if you just draw an arbitrary shape around an area frequented by ships and airplanes, a certain amount of those will go missing in that area. Yeah. A high traffic area will tend to have higher numbers of missing aircraft and ships than a similarly sized low traffic area. Correct. (laughs) And the Bermuda Triangle is no different. What's crazy weird about the USS Cyclops is that this one disappeared in 1918, ferrying manganese to Europe. Well, it was taken to Boston, but it was needed for munitions production. Yeah. That one disappeared in 1918. It had three sister ships, also Proteus-class colliers. One of them, this is how I ran across this for today, was I was reading about the USS Langley, which was one of its Cyclops' sisters that was converted into an aircraft carrier and was sunk by the Japanese in 1942. It It had two other sister ships that remained colliers, that also disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ooh. That's, I don't remember that fact. I feel like I should have come across that before, but I don't remember that happening. That out of three out of these four ships met the same fate in the same area, which I think is pretty cool and weird. The other two disappeared in, I think, 41 and 42. There we go. I got yeah, sp- Proteus disappeared in 41. Lost at sea without trace near the Caribbean Sea. And then let's see, Jupiter. Get spooky oh, Ju- Jupiter became the Langley, so that one sank in the Pacific. And USS, USS Ner- Narius, I don't know how to pronounce that exactly. <laughs> Narius. I don't like that spooky sound. Was also lost without trace around the U.S. Virgin Islands. Damn. A load of bauxite. <clears throat> oh man, they're gonna make some pop cans. Uh, they're gonna make airplanes. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, close aluminum. Yeah, or uh, aluminium. Aluminium. Pop pop cans for the war effort. And you know, when I was a kid, they had all the fun books. They were like, "Brr, that's giant octopus did it." <laughs> and they had Brr, all kinds of dimensional fun vortex. Yeah, the, there's all kinds of silly shit like a. Like underwater, uh, like undersea air bubbles, mm. and you know Atlanteans and UFOs and giant octopus was my favorite mm. because cryptids. But the most uh, <clears throat> probable cause, this is something that was shared with all these all these ships, is that the the coal they carried degraded their longitudinal beams. Hmm. They have. They had long, longitudinal I-beams that went the whole length of the ship that were exposed enough to the cargo of coal that it was corroding them. <laughs> and no one noticed? Well, they noticed, but they thought it was like, yeah, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Probably. And the Cyclops in particular had, a, had a, an engine out at the time that, that was noted in Bermuda when she left from Bermuda to Boston. They noted that, that she had an engine that wasn't working. And that she was, and she was overloaded, so they put extra stress on that longitudinal axis, and there was a storm. So the prevailing theory is that it either rolled over because it turned into the dead engine mm-hmm. and foundered because it was overloaded, or that it just broke in half and sank. 
But it was not aliens. Probably not aliens. No, Probably that seems not. you have to make a lot of assumptions to yeah, get to that yeah. one. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Occam's razor is not happy with that exactly. explanation. Well, interest, an interesting uh, thing I read today is that it's possible for a ship to be if the wavelength of the waves is exactly right, you can have the stern up on a wave and the bow up on a wave <laughs> and then space underneath. That makes sense. And so if your ship isn't in too good condition, it can just snap in half, <laughs> which I never thought about that. But how crazy is that oh, to think of? man, that is so fucked up. That is, oh, Jesus. That's possible. Yeah. It never occurred to me. But, I, yeah, I guess, like, the, the center of a ship is not a load-bearing member. Like, in Titanic, like the, or the Titanic, right, which sunk to a certain point and then couldn't sustain its own weight anymore and just snapped in half. Yeah, it snapped in half because yeah. it's not supposed to be full of water. Yeah, it's not supposed to do that. <laughs> wow. And so probably something similar happened to the other two ships. It just sounds like something out of a cartoon, like a like a, an old timey Bosco cartoon where like a, the wave comes up and like the boat is on top of the uh, on top of the crest of the wave and kind of pops up in the air and then sinks back down or some shit. And then that's what it seems like some weird cartoony shit of a boat where the bow and the stern are on two different waves with nothing underneath. Yeah, it's 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 hard to visualize. <laughs> so it's so big doing that. Yeah. And it's hard and to visualize is... waves that big. Yeah. And all three of these ships were lost with all hands. No trace has ever been found. <laughs> and they, at the time, because what's interesting, the Cyclops was, this was during wartime. Mm-hmm. At least the other two also, but they, there was, you had a couple of years where you thought, well, a U-boat just got it. And then after the war, you get to examine the records and try to figure out, well, there weren't any U-boats there at the time. It wasn't taken by a commerce raider. They said they're ruling things out. And, well, Cyclops is the largest loss of life in U.S. naval history, not combat-related. Damn. 306. Lost without trace. When, whenever, whenever people talk about Bermuda Triangles and other assorted triangles, I, I, what I always jump to in my head is the, the Kara Merchant, Captain Kidd's lost ship, which was... Uh, it was missing for, you know, like 400 some years and was eventually discovered by a guy who was in like waist deep water, 60 feet off the coast. And, the, you know, it had been right. It had yeah. been there the whole time, you know, it, it, and um, the the uh, the uh, archaeology team who went down and actually started excavating the thing like you're in 10 feet of water for a lot of it. It's just shit gets covered up under the ocean and it can be. Right, super obvious at the right time to the right person and completely invisible for years and years and years before that, right? So if something like that can sit off the coast of uh, Dominican Republic, I think, for 400 years in waist-deep water, then, of course, you'll never find a bunch of boats that sink in deep water of the fucking Caribbean Sea. (laughs) And what's... You can know where where the ship is probably supposed to be and still not find it for years. Right. There's a lot of ocean. Uh, ocean is people, big. They don't they don't understand or appreciate just how big the ocean is. It's very and easy to get lost in that bigness. That moves around a bunch too. Like it shifts stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's very incredibly corrosive to a lot of human made materials, and grows 
fucking coral on top of them so they blend in with the background. <laughs> I've done I've done a couple of wreck dives, and uh, the the one I did most recently last August, um, like you can see the ship, right? Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it was not. It was a scuttled. Uh, cargo ship it was a scuttled barge if i remember correctly from what the dive master told us before we went down uh and you know it, there are records exactly where it was because it had been purposely sunk and you could see it but the entire frame of the goddamn thing was covered in concretions and coral and living things and That's i great. it got down like i don't know like 60 years ago maybe less so, I wonder how long that takes to just co- completely cover something. Yeah, mm, it's going to be harder now that all the corals dying. Oh, the the fun the the original conspiracy theory at the time when Cyclops disappeared was that its captain was a German immigrant. <laughs> I was going to say he, that he colluded colluded with Imperial Germany to either to like to either steal the ship or sink it. I was going to say that Wolverine sunk it because he wanted to fuck its sister ship or its, its girlfriend ship, the Jean Grey. <laughs> that's, that's a weird be a second to figure it's that a, one out. It's, Wait, it's, a, it's a flex. It's a bit of a flex. It's a little bit, yeah. It's a bit of a journey. Yeah. To go to that one. <laughs> you get there. You get there eventually. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take over here. No. All right, so go for it. Go for 10, 15 minutes before we have to hop on that video call with our friends again. Okay. <clears throat> I want to talk today about Indrid Cold. Are you familiar with this one? I am not. So um, how far are you in the adventure zone at this point? Uh, I, I kind of gave up on it once they changed. Have you? Did you start format. Amnesty? Did I what? Did you start Amnesty, the one that's all about cryptids? I haven't gotten it. I need to just go to that. Yeah, one yeah, start yeah. So they they do amnesty as a trial when they're like trying out different games. So listen to the amnesty trial and then skip everything else and then just go right to the amnesty storyline. This was my introduction to the name Indrid Cold. And for years and years of reading about cryptids, I had never heard of this because uh, the the spoilers. It's, it's not really a huge spoiler. When when so they. Amnesty is set in a fictional town called Kepler, West Virginia, which is near Point Pleasant. And so they run into all sorts of different cryptids over the course of the story, and naturally they meet Mothman. West Virginia's yeah. own, West Virginia's own mm-hmm. Moth- Mothman. Mothman. From Point Pleasant. Uh, Saul Mothman, attorney at law. <laughs> and he introduces himself in his human form as, you know, my human name is Indrid Cold. And I was like, oh, that's a neat name. And then I just was like poking around Cryptid Wiki months ago, and they have a they have an ad or not an ad, an entry for Indrid Cold. I'm like, what the fuck? They just did just add this because of the Adventure Zone. No, this was a deep pull that Griffin made for the story. It's it's pretty obscure, but it kind of it ties together Mothman, uh, Mothman, and aliens and the Men in Black a little bit. And uh, just it's kind of like this creepy pasta idea because his other names are the Smiling Man or the Grinning Man, and we're talking uh, late sixties, uh-huh. like sixty six, sixty seven, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, around the time of the Mothman. People started seeing this creepy looking guy, well dressed in a suit, uh, who. Would sometimes he would like come out of a UFO or like the the biggest the 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 longest story that I have that I've been able to find um, 
is involves a guy named Woodrow Derenberger. Apparently, there's a take. There, there's a character based on him in the Mothman Prophecies movie, and I guess there's an injured cold like thing in that movie. I've never saw that movie because I don't care for Richard Gere that much, and fuck Mothman. <laughs> like I'm. I'm weirded out that I don't know about this either. Yeah. So how have I not come across? This? I don't know. So like here's the first sighting was a couple of kids named Martin Mouse Munov and James Jimmy Yanchitis and Yanchitis. That just, that sounds like a weird disease. <laughs> Got Yanchitis. I'm sorry, sir. Your wife has Yanchitis. So, uh, <laughs> This was so and this is the kind of thing where I suspect this was back associated with the later more famous sighting like afterwards because mm-hmm. uh, this this takes place in New Jersey and they saw a surreal figure standing near a fence wearing a bright green like a metallic green shiny suit staring at them with a huge grin and uh he had no ears or nose and that's that, that's creepy you know, like a grinning Voldemort in a green suit. And then later on in West Virginia, around the same time that the Mothman story was happening, this guy named Woodrow Derenberger, or Derenberger, I'm going to say Derenberger, um, he was driving home one night and he heard a crash and something seemed to have crashed down in front of his truck. His description, this is a quote, was an old-fashioned, it looked like an old-fashioned kerosene lamp chimney. Excuse me, flaring at both ends, narrowing down to a small neck, and then enlarging in a great bulge in the center. And a man, a very tanned, grinning man, came out of the ship and telepathically told him his name was Indrid Cold. Which is, it's all like, that's all, that's kind of a cool, creepy name. Like, just on the face looks, of it, you know? He looks like a like an anime version of American Businessman. <laughs> Gaijin Sariman, Indrid Cold. Indurido Korudo. He'd be like Gaijin Wizard. Mothumano Sarimano. Of West of Virginia. Is that racist to do my Japanese, my anime narrator voice? Maybe. I don't know anymore. Um,. I'm giving myself some room. Yeah. Maybe, Don. Yeah, it Maybe. might be. It might be. Uh, take a long look at yourself here. I, I, I just my, no, one of my very favorite things <laughs> is is uh, is when Japanese culture just borrows something from English and then Japanifies the pronunciation. Like, I, yeah, I, they I, have I to adapt it. it to their alphabet. Right, which is great <laughs> because we we have different phonemes and we make different sounds and and so it's not Mothman; it'd be Masumano. You know, yeah. if they had to do it, it would be Masumano. Which, if we ever do crypto, if we ever do crypto club, maybe all of the cryptids have. <laughs> this is my friend Masumano, Sasquatchy. Yeah, and it's like and it's funny playing older uh, uh, like role playing games where you could tell the localization team didn't really understand that like this was the name Fernandez, just Japanified. <laughs> So it's unrecognizable. Yeah, and, and it comes back from Japan, uh, from Japan into English, and it's like Thernandi. Like, no, 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 no guys, just listen, listen with your ears. Don't <laughs> read with your eyes. Listen with your ears. Fernandazo. I have a an original <clears throat> movie poster that I'm told is read Hawadu Zadoku. 
Hawadu Zadoku? Hawadu Zadoku. <laughs> okay, I got it. That's what I'm told it's, is how you pronounce the, uh, is it, was it Katakan or Hiragana? It's, yeah, yeah. It's one of them that they have specifically for... To, to spell out other languages. To spell out other yeah, languages. Yeah, I can never remember which one it is either. Um, but it's in that. It's, it's Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. I, I remember hanging out with my friends Tom and John, and uh, they invited a guy they knew from college. Uh, uh, we were... Because uh, we all live in different states. Well, they live in Illinois, and I live here, and he was around, and uh, he spent a lot of time living in Japan. You know, he's kind of a weeb. And we were asking, like, okay, so such and such in Japan. You know, tell us, tell us, what is this movie called in Japan? And at one point he's like, you know, one of my favorite things to watch Japan was blah, blah, blah. And I just did that. I was like, it must've been called, you know, Storuto Wozo. And he's like, actually, that is exactly what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck it was. Daiohado. I, I like that, that they just, they just came up with a mechanism. Yeah. Instead of trying to, they're like, no, it's hamburger. Yeah, we'll just take that. As opposed to France, where, like, that's what the language naturally wants to do, but there's, like, a whole ministry of French that is like, uh, no, uh, pas de ça, you cannot say email, uh, that is a strange English word, you must say uh, uh, postage électronique, or whatever. Like, they would, they would take words that naturally migrate into the language and try to francify them. And force everybody yeah. to abide by the official French version. Or German, where you just describe the thing, and that's yeah. the word. Yeah, yeah. I'm still <laughs> I'm still disappointed you didn't like that joke I sent you. I shot a man in German just to watch him, duh. <laughs> so watch him, dumb. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, what if it's formal? Then he could see. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't formal. He just shot him just to watch him die. That's not a formal duel. Mostly I was irritated. It took me a minute. I had to think about it for a while. That's why I didn't respond for like 10 minutes. I'm like, fuck, I'm not looking this up. Why is it well, a joke? I don't get it. And then I realized, oh, it's there. It's an article joke. No, I, it, 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 <laughs> I got it immediately thanks to The Simpsons because of the episode when... Uh, I had to say it out loud. When I, said it, when I said it out loud, I got it immediately. <clears throat> but reading it, I was like, what the fuck is this? Do, do you remember when Sideshow Bob was on trial for, you know, once again attempting to murder Bart, and he had a Die, Bart, Die tattoo. And, well, how, how can you say you don't hate Bart? You have a tattoo that says Die, Bart, Die. And he says, no, 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 that's German for the Bart, duh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good Simpsons joke. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, injured cold. Uh, so I'm irritated. I don't know about this. Yeah, Why I, this I know. In X-Files reference. I, this, is, this is something, this is so weird to me that I didn't learn about this until I was like 35, you know? How how did this? I read so many aliens books about the Men in Black, and like injured cold gets tied into yeah. the Men in Black because like a, a, trying, to, a, trying to figure out who the Majestic Twelve were. A, a later time, um, oh oh, uh, this is another reason we need to watch the Eyes of the Mothman documentary and do a just record an episode about it because apparently injured cold is in that, and here's a screenshot from the Mothman wiki, and boy, he looks it's something. Eyes of the Mothman is uh, looks like they had a lot of budget on that. Um, so yeah, like uh, uh, at, at another point, like injured came to like injured would come to visit Woodrow uh, Woodrow stuff and nonsense as a Derenberger, uh, and like to, apparently took him and his wife in his UFO to his home planet, and like one time 
uh, one time two men armed with rifles were just kind of chilling in the woods by his property. And a black Volkswagen drove into his front yard. And then, like, a man in an all-black suit came out and talked to Woodrow uh, and, and asked him some questions. And he never heard of the men in black. But, you know, it's, it's a very men in black sort of thing is you're experiencing weird stuff. And, and par for the course of these sorts of things, one, one of the sites says, well, he was evaluated by a psychiatrist and found to be of completely sound mind. <laughs> right? But guess, okay, um, there is a, there's a character who's been on the show before, and he enters this story in 19, uh, 1971, looks like. Or no, he enters in 1968. Um, can you guess who here in West Virginia in the late 60s is going to enter this story? <sighs> Late 60s, West Virginia. Yep. Cryptid related. And, well, I mean, there's Mothman. Yeah. yeah. Well, John Keel, the guy who wrote the Mothman prophecies. Oh, okay. The guy, the guy who made up a couple of dozen Mothman stories. Who um, attributed them to someone? Yeah, who just, like, after the fact was like, oh, yeah, then I talked to a bunch of people who never talked to the news when they saw that Sandhill crane. And, uh, he <laughs> he uh he wrote the foreword to a book that Derenberger collaborated on uh, and the foreword says I'm just going to read it it's a couple of paragraphs there are many who will scoff at this book and reject it entirely. Woodrow Derenberger will be called a liar, a psychopath, and many other unpleasant things. He has already suffered considerable ridicule and condemn condemnation, even from those who believe in, quote, flying saucers, but do not wish to believe that someone is actually riding around in them. I cannot endorse his story, but I do feel I know the man well enough to give him a character reference. By, by the way, just going to interrupt this. What kind of person is like, oh, flying saucers totally exist, but pff, you haven't been. Nobody's been in one. Yeah. Get out of here with that bullshit. Get out of here, you crackpot. They don't abduct humans. They just fly around and look at stuff. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, the important thing is that he seems to be telling the truth as he knows it. He sincerely believes these things have happened to him, and he is willing to expose himself to ridicule and con condemnation in order to make himself heard. I have talked to contact claimants who are doctors, lawyers, newspapermen, police officers, and pilots. Woody... I guess that was his nickname. Woody has a lot of company. Let me make sure this is still recording just in case. Yay, we're still recording. Oh, right. popped out to yeah, the still on the air. Yay, we're going. Uh, da, 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 da. Woody I'm has a lot of company. Black can't stop us. Woody has a lot of company, sane, reputable people. Perhaps we are the ones who have been insane for ignoring them for so long. Ooh, the inmates are running the asylum, Blake. Strange, unbelievable things are now happening to people all over the world by listening to the handful of courageous ones like Woodrow Derenberger. We may at least gain some real insight into what is really behind the UFO phenomenon. I'm not asking you to believe any of it, but I am asking you to listen to what he has to say. Incredible though it may seem, it is very possible that these very same things could happen to you tomorrow. Now, I've never read the Mothman prophecies. When I was a kid, I was all about the multi-topic unexplained phenomena books. And, and would, like, occasionally get something that dove, like, a little deeper into just Sasquatch. But, like, one time I tried to read a uh, a thick, like, uh, mass market size paperback all about the Roswell crash. And got, like, 150 pages into it. was bored to tears. So, like, I never picked up the Mothman prophecies as a kid. And as an adult, like, I'm not going to read either. this. I'm not going to read this. Although I might. It, it might be fun to read the Mothman prophecies and then talk about it on the show. But apparently he mentions, he mentions injured colds in that book. 
So not having read that one, if we had both read the Mothman prophecies, we would know. If we had seen the crappy movie, we might know too. You do pseudoscience book club and read that and chariots of the gods. Ooh, yeah. And some other ones that I can't think of. I, some classics. Maybe don't know. I guarantee that Patterson has written nine or ten on books the, on the trail of mysterious creatures. We could read uh, some of the self-published books by by the the lake monster woman from that the <laughs> the, the uh, convention I went to last year. Self-published. Yeah, huh? yeah. The, the, remember uh, uh, Hood Science or Hood Magic? The the white girl who wrote the Hood Magic book. That's right, Hood Magic. You do some of hers. <sighs> Self. Yeah. Published. So what's I like? I'm not going to venture an explanation here. If the guy believed what he was, what, what was happening to him, you know, weird shit may have happened to him, and he interpreted it weirdly, or he may have had psychological issues. I, I don't. I don't know. But uh, I love the idea that there was, for a few years, a creepy grinning man trolling around Jersey and, and West Virginia in his in his bright green metal suit. Some dude came across this. It was like, oh, yeah, how's me? They think I'm gross looking and so, have poor taste in suits. <laughs> oh, oh, did they notice my lack of a nose? Shoot, I need Aww. to make I need to make my human costume better for the next guy. I survived a plane crash. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> My face melted off. My suit is glowing with radiation. And you're just going to run away from me? And it's too early for me to cosplay Red Skull and be the coolest <laughs> guy at the con. He walked up glowing green saying, love and peace. Perfect. <laughs> um, now, uh, 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 com has one reference to, uh, where is it? Uh, a, a recent admission by a man on Reddit that claims he was injured cold. And so I Googled injured cold Reddit and I read a bunch of like Reddit threads. I didn't like read them. Like I skimmed them and uh, was the topic a guy admitting to it? No. Was this topic a guy admitting to it? No. Half of them were just references to the adventure zone, but <laughs> The rest of them were just like, oh, have you heard of this? And it was a bunch of, like, a lot of them were people going, shit, how did I never hear of this? Just like we did, you know? Like, how have we never heard of fucking injured cold? This is creepy and cool. Was it in any of my mysterious library I know. books? But I, uh, they don't have a link to the, the, the Reddit thread where this supposedly happened, and I couldn't find it. So that, that would be an interesting thing if I could dig it up later and, and report I back. I really wish I had access to a perfectly preserved, like, 1993 library. Yeah, like yeah. so I could go find all these books and get the titles for what they are because I, I can't. I can. I'm pretty sure I remember <laughs> what they were called, but I can't find any that fit that description. Well, now. once lockdown is over, I'm going to go to the Indianapolis Central Library, which is absolutely fucking enormous. It's like five stories and just huge. It's like takes up like a whole city block. And uh, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go to, you know, the point oh 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 one section of the Dewey Decimal System where all those books live. It's like it's the only it's the only part of the Dewey Decimal System that I have memorized because when I was a kid, that's where I would go. You know, it was library day at school. They get anything new into the fucking Bigfoot section. That's where the Ripley's Believe It or Nots were. You know, it's all the UFOs and ghosts and all that shit is at the very low end 
of the Dewey Decimal System. I'm just going to head there, and I'm just going to see what they've got. I want to see if they have anything old that I, I can go, oh, shit, this is the one. I, I, what I'm looking for specifically is the one that turned me on to all this shit in the first place in first grade that I think was just called Monsters, and it scared the shit out of me, and it had a picture of Deloitte's Ape, and uh, I, 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 I've searched high and low for that book, and I can't find it anywhere. I, it, like the it one made, I was looking for, I so confident it was called Man, Myths, and Monsters. <laughs> I, I have found it. a book called that, but it's copyright like 2012 or some shit. Yeah, I could, I could find yeah. one that's much later than what would have been that. Or I just can't remember the title. And I'm, yeah. My book I read 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it? I don't remember it correctly. Anyway. Um, we gotta we gotta get off of here and talk to our our, our friends Alex and Alina. I know ha- hanging out virtually during during these trying times. During stay strong, stay strong at home. Stay strong at home. Actually, it's a hoax. It's not real. It's just the media lying to you to make Trump look bad. <laughs> I know, poor guy. Yeah, he does they just everything. won't leave him alone. He does everything right. He tweeted 150 times yesterday which means he was on the toilet for a very long time and hashtag Obamagate was trending and nobody uh-huh. still knows what he is talking about. I'm also pretty happy that, that Kim Jong-un appears to be alive and well. <laughs> or maybe it's his body double. Who knows? Pretty pleased. Uh, Mike Pence, Mike Pence uh, apparently is not isolating, even though he was exposed. His, his, one of his aides has it. So that's cool. Well, if he can if he can pray the gay away for this long, oh, he, yeah, can pray he can pray this yeah. he could pray this disease away. It's it's kind of amazing when you think about it how many pieces of culture are going to be instantly dated. Cuz I I've been I've been rewatching yeah, right. Scrubs and also listening to the new Scrubs rewatch podcast that Zach Braff and Donald Faison are doing and they started the podcast in the pandemic. And so every episode, you know, they have a guest on from the show. And the first thing they say is, hey, how are you dealing with this? Hey, Sarah Chalk, how are you dealing with this? And uh, everyone talks about the, the pandemic for a while. And that's just going to be an interesting artifact 10 years from now. Yeah, a weird, a weird <clears throat> yeah, artifact is a good way to put that. Just a weird yeah. slice of time. And, and, you know, like next season or the season after, every show is going to have its COVID episode. It's very special. Yep. Like everyone, everyone did a 9-11 thing. Oh, I can, I can relate to this. Oh. So it's it's man, living weird times. Okay, I'm gonna call it. Any any, any last words? Nope. No, no last words. Okay, so I'm gonna play us out with uh, Pier Gent. There we go. I need to download some more public domain music to add to my <laughs> my playlist. Scott, is Scott Joplin in the public domain yet? I don't know. I'll look. Ice cream truck just drove by, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want to run out and get some ice cream? No, uh, just no. listening to The Entertainer okay. made me think of that. Oh, yeah. And The Sting. Well, well, everybody, uh, thanks again for listening to this episode of the show about DuckTales and cryptid uh adjacent things adjacent. encrypted adjacent stuff and tell all your friends about us and rate and review us on itunes and blah 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 bullshit fucking nonsense uh but seriously we all we really do appreciate everybody who listens to this show we do this for fun and uh and we like that other people enjoy the bullshit that we get up to too so thank you very much once again for listening bye everybody